evening. Uh, so you might want to turn there in your Bible. Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2, and I shall read it for you now. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Let me read that again. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And this whole psalm, Psalm 91, is a, it's a famous psalm. It's a psalm of protection, protection for those who do what verse 1 says, dwell in the shelter of the Most High God. And um, I'm just going to go through the first two verses, phrase by phrase, um, especially in just uh, really spending most of our time in verse 1, but uh, we'll see where we get to. So verse 1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. And the first thing I want to, to ask, really, is... Just to point out, it says, he doesn't say, he who dwells in the shelter of God. The psalmist specifically writes, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. And I'm going to ask the question straight away, why that? Why has he used the words Most High? Why not God? Why Most High? Well, Most High is, is one of God's names. He has lots of names in the Hebrew language, and Most High is one of them. In the Hebrew phrase, in, in language, it's El Elyon. El Elyon, God Most high, which means he's the most high God, El Elon. He is the highest of high. He is the strongest of the strong. He is the cleverest of the clever. He's the wisest of the wise. God is over all. He's totally in charge over all things, which means he's more powerful than you, and he's more powerful than me, and he's more powerful than an enemy. He's wiser than the enemy, and the enemy can do Nothing without God's permission because God is sovereign over all. There was a, a cowboy once, apparently, who um, applied for health insurance, as cowboys do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the insurance agent asked if he, had any, if he had had any accidents during the previous year. And the cowboy replied, no. But I was bitten by a rattlesnake. And a horse kicked me in the ribs. That, that laid me up for a while, he said. And the agent said, weren't those accidents then? And the cowboy said, no, they did it on purpose. <laughs> so the cowboy didn't believe in accidents, obviously. Um, and if you're, if you're not a Christian, then, then bad things happen and they get called bad luck. And good things happen and they get called good luck. And, and if bad things happen in a Christian's life... It, it can be really, really hard. But as Christians, we know that our lives are in the hands of the Most High God who works out all things for our good. We don't get lucky. We don't get unlucky. God is in control. He sees all things and he works all things together for good. And God is not taken by surprise. Someone once said he's too sovereign to be lucky. He's not taken by surprise. He sees all things. He knows all things. He sees all things that have been in your life and in the history of the universe. He sees all things that are happening right now in your life. And he sees all things that are going to happen in the future in your life and in the whole of the universe. He sees all. And because he is 
over all things and because he is the strongest of the strong and the highest of the high, because he is the most high God, he is involved in every minutest detail in every one of his children's lives. And the way that he's involved is that he is constantly working out every area, every one of these details for good. Every one of them. And, and so if you're a Christian, things happen to you in your life, bad things, good things, the same as what happens to non-Christians. Good things happen, bad things happen, life happens. But with a Christian, God is in everything that happens. And in everything that happens, God works it all together for good. Even in the hard times, especially in the hard times. I don't know if you can play the, the piano or not. Um, I used to like going to music shops and playing on the really posh, expensive pianos. Um, I can't remember if I've ever played on a Steinway piano before, but I was, I was reading about how they made Steinway pianos. The famous composers and um, pianists used to play on Steinways, like Malinoff, Horowitz, Liszt, if you've heard of any of those people. It's a, a very skillfully crafted instrument. It takes 200 craftsmen and it has 12,000 parts in a Steinway piano. And the most crucial part of making a Steinway is the, what's called the rim bending process, where 18 layers of maple wood are bent around an iron press to create the shape of the piano. You think of a big, large, grand piano. Five coats of lacquer are applied and then hand rubbed to give the piano its kind of glow, Steinway's glow. And then the instrument goes into something called the, the pounder room, where each key on the piano is pounded 10,000 times. You can't believe everything you read, but that's, that's, that's an incredible fact, isn't it? Each key is pounded 10,000 times to ensure its quality and its durability. Is it just me, or does it ever seem like you're being pounded in life? <laughs> well... God is still in control in the pounding and in the bending and in the, in the rubbing because <laughs> he is sovereign. He is the most high God. He is overall. He is El Elyon, the one who is in sovereign control of every detail. We're being pressed. We're being formed. We're being shaped. And the whole idea behind this, it says in Romans 8, 29, is that we're being conformed to the image of his son. In all the hard things that we go through, that is what's going on. We're being polished, we're being pounded, but all with the aim of being conformed more and more into the likeness of Jesus. And God is in total control over the lives of his children. He's involved in all the details, working out all things together for our good. So verse 1 again, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, dwells in the shelter of the strongest, all-powerful, all-knowing God of supreme authority who is in total control of all things in the universe and in the heavenly realms and surely that is the best place to dwell. That is the best place to dwell. Let me talk about dwelling. So to dwell means to, to live somewhere. When you've made somewhere your home, you're dwelling in it. We first came to Christ Church at the end of April 2016. We came for my interview for the pastorates, and we were here for a very short amount of time. In fact, we weren't even staying in Christ Church, we were staying in a caravan 
um, down the road. So we were in Christchurch perhaps for an hour or two. We, 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 we weren't dwellers at that time. We were simply visiting, visiting Christchurch. And when we came again, it was July 2016. And we, we came to look at a few houses. We came to visit Eva's new school. Again, we weren't dwellers. We were just visitors. We went back home again. And, but when we came to Christchurch again, it was late August 2016. And this time we weren't visitors. This was our new home. We stayed with Bill, who sits in the front row here. That's Avril, by the way, not Bill. Um, 